Hey there, my name is Pia Montales and I'm joined here today by my co-host JP Pascual. You're listening to ASICOM's up-and-coming podcast, Self-Starters, where we invite young professionals and industry leaders to share their career stories, work-from-home tips and tricks, life advice, and everything in between. And now we're bringing you today's Kickstarter to get you through the week. Becoming isn't about arriving somewhere or achieving a certain aim. I see it instead as forward motion, a means of evolving, a way to reach continuously toward a better self. The journey doesn't end. This quote is from former U.S. First Lady Michelle Obama. Every day is a continuous cycle of learning. Whether we fail or succeed, there's always a lesson to be learned which can help us grow, develop, and become better. On that note, let's kick off our new series, People and Culture. All right, thank you, Pia. Self-starters, welcome to the newest series of our podcast where we will talk about people and culture. But before we continue, you might be asking, what is this series about? Well, JP, in this series, we will explore stories about how companies, HR leaders, and professionals build a strong foundation for their organizations and businesses by cultivating a positive workplace culture and putting people first. This series is perfect for job seekers and young professionals like our self-starters who need a guide and finding the right company that will fit them. Awesome! And you know, Pia, what better way to kick off our newest series with today's guest and topic? Today, we will talk about building a people-first organization. We all know that one of the assets of a successful company is having an engaged and motivated workforce. In this pilot episode, our guest will share her experience and expertise on how organizations put their people first. She is the people and culture manager for No Issue, a company that provides custom and sustainable packaging to makers, brands, and businesses all over the globe. She's a psychology graduate from Miriam College with seven years of experience in various facets of human resources. At No Issue, she sets efficient structures for all people-related processes and ensures an enjoyable end-to-end life cycle for the members of their team, not only for Manila but global too, from recruitment all up to offboarding. Self-starters, let's all welcome Miss Berna Hernandez. Berna, welcome to the Self-Starters podcast. We're excited to have you in the show. How are you doing? Hey, Pia. Hey, JP. Thanks so much for having me here today. I'm good. How are you guys doing? Doing great. All good. <laughs> and You know, Miss Berna, I, w- I missed traveling. And, and I was thinking of the places I traveled to previously. And I was thinking, what's your favorite place of all the places you've traveled to? What's my favorite place of all the places I've traveled? I'm actually not a huge traveler myself, so I haven't been to a lot, no. But I did have travel plans and tickets booked prior lockdown, but it did not happen. So I think I'll, I'll go local for now and I'll say Ilocos. Ilocos is actually the home province of my my grandmother, so I back and forth there when I was younger and the last time I've been there was I think back in college and I can still remember how much of like you know the places uh, there that I got to visit not only the usual tourist spots but the actual town where my lola grew up in in Santa Maria so I don't know I just I just find the province life very peaceful have you guys been there no but I do plan on going to I, I hear it's a lovely place I haven't as well, but yeah, I think it would be an interesting destination, Berna. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, you yeah. should try it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it will be on my bucket list, <laughs> you know, because a lot of people are like um, going abroad, etc. But not yeah. a lot of, of Philippine tourist spots are, you know, are being visited, right? Support um, local. Uh oh, support local. That's right, baby. Uh oh. But <laughs> moving on, Miss Verna, I just want to ask: in your experience, what important factors make up a people-first organization? Hmm, okay, let me just share this quickly, no, JP and Tia, but I'll make sure to connect my answer to the question. Our team is called the People and Culture Team, the People Team, and my role is People and Culture Manager. I actually like how we are using the people term instead of what we are commonly called the human resource, right? Locally, um, HR is still what is widely used, but a lot of global companies have started to transition or transform their HR team to people team. And I like that we are using people now because it's more relatable and more employee-centric. So it doesn't see employees as mere resources, but as people and an important part of the organization. So that's why I really appreciate this. So relating to this question, I think a very important factor that makes up a people-first organization is giving importance to their people. When we give importance to our people, it doesn't just mean we care about them or we let them know they are valued, although those are still very, very important and valid factors. But it also means we build a culture that people in the organization will dive in, a culture that respects and appreciates their employees, looks after their well-being, and an environment that provides professional development and opportunities. All of these factors are present in an organization, most likely this will result in a more resilient, more creative, sustainable, and even profitable company because people will most likely be more motivated more satisfied and happy with their work or with where they are in. So in turn, they will most likely stay and be more productive and more efficient in their respective jobs. So definitely a win-win situation. In No Issue, we uh, we value three things. That's creativity, community, and sustainability. And we try as much as we can to build our culture around our core values that very much relate to our people. You mentioned the important distinction no, between a normal HR team and a people and culture team, Ms. Bernard. And you yes. mentioned before how the company is always going to be circling around the employee. Like it's the heart and soul of the company. No? So I got to ask, aside from the standard benefits um, employees get, uh, such as healthcare, what other factors should companies consider when caring for their people? Okay. Aside from the common benefits included in the package offer upon hiring, like the allowances, health card uh, benefits, etc., I think it's important to include non-monetary benefits that members can enjoy or utilize during their employment. It's good to consider different engagement activities. That's one, especially in a remote setup now. It's so hard to come up with different virtual activities, but we eventually realize how important social activities are as we hear feedback from our members, that they want to feel included, that they, the, the need to feel that they are part of the team. It's hard, eh? especially when we're working remotely, you know, to feel they are still part of the team, of the organizations. So we should really make it a point to be more inclusive. And I think engagement activities may help with that. Simple activities that will promote responses or like virtual games, competitions, etc. And of course, this does not only apply to companies who adapted the whole work from home setup. This should also be applicable to companies who went back to office, especially nowadays. How do we keep our employees engaged? Like RTOs or return to office might affect the overall motivations of employees, especially now that we get to experience a full remote setup during the pandemic. So it might be worth considering another benefit members can appreciate, like high-deep work setup, 
Yeah. A lot of companies now also have been testing out. And in turn, um, these types of added benefits can greatly affect overall employee satisfaction because they'll feel more cared about. That their organization looks right. after their welfare and that they feel more included because we make sure that we don't only ask them to work, you know, but we also let them breathe and enjoy and to have yes. the perfect balance. Another factor that can really give our employees that sense of being cared for is set them up for a great onboarding experience so right from the start and we say and when we say uh, start we start from the actual hiring process if we are consistent in giving them a good recruitment experience up until the moment they are hired they will already have that sense that uh, okay uh, this company really does care about their employees so to give us again an example from our uh, from no issues we put in a lot of work in our onboarding process making sure that they are guided that there is a self-paced checklist then as a people team we do monthly check-ins to see how we can support and check how they are adjusting so those uh, who are coming in will feel more enabled and they will really know what is expected of them and in a way connected to this Another factor, and for me, is also very important, which is also a common benefit among other companies, is building a culture that gives professional development and opportunities. I really believe this is one important benefit that works in a people-first organization. You invest in your employees, so you give them the right opportunities to grow in their respective fields, make space for their development. So we're not only talking about training or seminar, but also coaching sessions, development discussions with managers, moving to another role, and so much more. In No Issue also, we have this development program, which is still a work in progress, but we try to look into the three E's. Education, what things, podcast books can they undertake? Exposure, who can they learn from? And experience, what projects or tasks would they still like to be a part of? So if we have these opportunities for our members or these types of programs are available to them, definitely you are on track in building a people-first culture. Yeah, for me, Miss Verna, these activities are also also making work more fun. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. employee engagement yes. and these professional development are actually something that I would really want for myself. Because I would feel more fulfilled in my role because I can I can do it better, you know. So Perfect. yeah, yeah. So but you mentioned earlier about working hybrid and return to office. So I think my next question ties to this. No, uh, at no issue. How do you communicate the people first agenda to your employees? Uh, for us, it's through transparent communication. How do we involve our people in decision-making? How we relay news or updates, company-wide or team-wide, regardless of its complexity, how we talk to our employees. So we keep everyone informed also. And through this way, they will always feel included. What we really practice now is we do global all-hands, where we keep everyone in our team across uh, different parts of the globe uh, updated, and we do it monthly. We also do team check-ins, especially for Manila teams. It's, it's one of the biggest teams that we have. And we meet with them once a month so we can hear feedback, suggestions, concerns, uh, the concerns that they have, and we try to address them. We try also to do individual check-ins, especially for new joiners, as mentioned earlier, so we track of their progress, but also so we can check how we can better support them. So through meeting with team members, it makes it more personal, and we get to hear their sentiments directly from them even though we're doing this virtually at the moment and of course vice versa they get to hear our updates directly from us 
So for me, communication in a people-first organization should really be two-way. We are uh, we are not only heard, but we should make it a point that we also listen. I'm just curious, no, Miss Berna, since you said you're meeting with te- team members from different countries, and since you're global, follow-up question lang. <laughs> how do you deal? Mm-hmm. How do you deal with the different time zones? I'm really oh, curious man. about that. Yeah. Um, we have like different time shifts. That's one, but we Ooh. still follow the Manila. Uh, most of us we follow the Manila time zone, talaga. All right, so yeah. okay. important talaga merong common. Ganun. Yes, yes, right. yeah. And and while we're on the topic of communication, right? It it, it got me thinking now about how no issue is just a local company, as we previously mentioned. It's it's global, hmm. and, and and with that it. That comes with interacting with different kinds of people. No? So, as a global company, how do you sustain your workplace culture, especially when you're working with all different kinds of people from all talks of life and from different countries? Mm-hmm. You know, to be honest, it's really not easy. How do we build a company culture with different cultures, right? Especially if we're doing it all virtually. Most of our teams from all over the globe, we are all working remote or hybrid. But, you know, I think in a way, this setup is for us because from the get-go, this is the expectation already. When we are hired, we already know we'll be working with people not only from our country, but also from our different hubs in different parts of the globe. And even during the interview process, managers from the other markets, are already involved. So the expectation is already there. The challenging part would really be when they join. How do we build a culture and sustain that? Personally, I think what works best is when we do not force a single culture into one organization. We acknowledge differences in cultures because we all came from different backgrounds, different countries. In our practice, just like what I've mentioned earlier, we stand by our three values. That's creativity, community, and sustainability. And you know, these three values don't mean just a single thing. And it doesn't come from the management or the people team alone. These three values came together from an actual survey we did across all our markets, asking them how they see an issue, what the core values mean to them, how they see us as a team, what is the general culture like based on their experience. So that played a huge factor in determining our culture now. We keep everyone involved. No matter what team you're in, what country you're based, what culture you're used to, you are part of an organization because we acknowledge differences and we work around them. Where we work around it. Um, Maybe just to give a little bit of an example of the different practices that we have. So, we uh, so what are the different practices we do to help build that kind of environment for our team we are all remote and we only use google meet or zoom to see each other and then we use slack to communicate to talk and get our messages across so we do utilize this platform by having shared interest slack channels so if you're familiar with slack um channels are like group chats so like have gaming channel, food channel, um, this is actually a personal favorite, and pets channel, and many more. <laughs> regardless of yeah. culture, regardless of culture, finding shared interests and encouraging people to connect on those, uh, not only to keep them engaged but to learn from other cultures as well. We also do what we call fika. Uh, it's a Swedish term for coffee break. So. How we do it is we pair up with members, for example, uh, Manila team, for example, to another member from another country. So this encourages cross-company connection, like coffee talk or coffee break, recreating those moments where you might otherwise run into someone in the office, right? Yeah. 
And then uh, we also do um, like a sharing of user manuals, which we update during onboarding so people can communicate how we can work best. And then uh, we are also flexible in terms of making our processes. So we don't have like just one standard process for all. Other hubs have different processes depending on their needs or their situation. So you see, as a global company, for me, really acknowledging those differences helps. Mm. What I, really? I have, I have to say, I, I yeah. do like the virtual coffee talk now. Yes. <laughs> it reminds me of a mini United Nations meeting. And that's yeah. a creative way of bringing the team together, even though um, they're from different countries. Correct. And you get to know about their culture, like right. what they're doing, how is it in their country, especially during a pandemic. Right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And if yours is coffee, JP, JP I think for me, it's the gaming channels, etc. Uh. Um, yeah. Oh, the activities that you do to connect with your people, Miss Berna. I think that's interesting, no? Um, you help your people become friends, and I yes. think that that would make for a better teamwork, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what we've talk- mostly talked about people within the organization, but now I just wanna ask, um, in your opinion, how can the people first approach benefit external st- stakeholders? Okay, I think I'll answer based on my pers- perspective. For me, it's just simple. A people-first practice in an organization will be very much visible to external stakeholders. How we see and treat our employees will reflect on the kind of services and or products we provide. Because if people believe, if people believe in the organization they're in, it will be so much easier to provide quality services to our customers, our clients, even our applicants or investors, the external stakeholders. Wow. Uh, yeah. Miss Bernard, throughout this whole conversation, I, I was I'm very humbled about how your team handles people, and 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 I'm glad to hear such a comprehensive view on the employee, not as a corporate metric, but as a mm-hmm. human being. No? And like that, I think a lot of our listeners, our self starters, would like to work in that sort of environment. So, what advice can you give to these young professionals, Bernard, who want to work at a quote unquote people first organization? Yeah, definitely, no. But this is actually a hard question to answer, JP, because it will depend on how young professionals will see it. Eh? But I think for me, coming from experience, you wouldn't know unless you've actually experienced being in, in that kind of organization. I'm just lucky to be part of an organization that puts people first. And, um, you know, you wouldn't know you are part of a people first organization unless you've been into one. And I believe that's the ultimate goal for anyone, man, from young professionals to millennials to older professionals. We are looking uh, to be part of something that will make us feel we are a priority who looks after us. So I think I would say uh, maybe as an advice to younger professionals to get those experiences, to get that experience, learn from those experiences, know what you really want and know what you don't want in the company. I'm not saying you jump from one company to another, no? but do get those experiences because you might find the right job and company for you, the right culture and an organization that puts people first. But if in case you weren't able to find one yet from your professional experiences, when you have the right opportunity, you can start to build the people first organization yourself. It can start with you. It doesn't have to start from top management or from the HR or people team. It can start with your own team. And I think that will really make a big difference, especially when it starts to make a difference within your team. 
Well, you heard it here first, self-starters, no? Experience, experience, experience. And as they say, be like a sponge. Absorb all the things you can. <laughs> yeah, correct. Mm-hmm. Experience is the, is the best teacher. That's what they say. Uh-oh. So thank you so much, Miss Verna, for being with us today and for sharing, of course, your experience. It truly is an enlightening conversation. And as yeah, we end our you. episode, um, yeah, as we end our episode, do you have anything to promote on behalf of No Issue? Yeah, um, of course, I'll take this opportunity to, to promote not only our company, but also our hiring needs. You know? um, oh, well. We are going to look out definitely for talented designers, marketers, and support team members who want to be a part of a global organization so they can visit our website to know more about us and our products. Again, we are wow. a new issue, a global platform that enables makers, brands of different sizes to package their goods sustainably, and we cater to different markets all over the world. So they can can visit our website at www.noissue.co and also our social media accounts on Instagram, and Facebook, and even on YouTube to learn more about sustainable products. So yes, thank you so much, guys. You and there you go, yeah. self starters. Grab those opportunities, right, JP? That's right. And I was thinking, do you have to be an employee to go to that food channel? Because I want to look at the food there. <laughs> Most likely, yes, JP, because uh, it's part of the the slack of the organization, but. Mm-hmm. But we can make our own. <laughs> you guys can do it. Um, the things that we've discussed here, maybe you can learn a thing or two, and then you put it in your your own organization or your team. Of course, yes. we'll sure we'll sure try. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yes, thank you so much, Miss Berna, for joining us here today, and of course, thank you to our self starters for listening to today's episode. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me here again, JP and P. I really enjoyed this. I hope this will be a great help for young professionals like us who are looking for people first yes. organizations. Yes. Thank you so much, Miss Berna. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Don't miss a beat. Catch us on our next one and follow us on our socials. This was the Self Starters Podcast, where success starts with you.